0: The month of May 2023 has already been very good to Bill Self in Kansas, but it got even better on Wednesday. You are locked on college basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoops show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you. For joining us to get your teams every day. And in this case today, that team is going to be the Kansas Jayhawks who get Kevin McCuller back from the NBA draft. So we're going to unpack that, what it means for the Jayhawks, their starting lineup, where they should be in the preseason national poll. And also Ron Holland finally gets his uh, release of his national letter of intent from Texas. And so we'll talk about what's next for him. And South Carolina also got some good news back. So make sure you're tuned in for all of that. Let's start right out of the gate though with Kevin McCuller returning to Kansas. Folks, I got to tell you, I did not think this one was going to happen. We make our best guesses, our best judgments of what we think will happen, what we think these players will do. And I, I thought Kevin McCuller was out the door, but he decides to come back and use his year of COVID eligibility at Kansas. Uh, I mean, very seriously. Once Hunter Dickinson committed, I was like, "Oh well, there's your answer on Kevin McCuller." But boy, I had that answer incorrect. So obviously, we know Kansas has lost a lot in the transfer portal, but now. The only two players they will lose to the NBA draft are Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson being two of the five starters and frankly, the two main scorers from last year's team that Bill Self needs to replace. So the question though becomes now with uh, KJ Adams and Kevin McCuller being two of your three starting kind of front court guys last year, albeit an undersized front court for Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks. You have those two guys plus Hunter Dickinson. And so the first question that comes to mind for me is is less about where you stick Kansas and more about what does this lineup look like now? How does Bill Self treat his front court? I see two immediate things is that one, you start two of these guys and one of them comes off the bench or you find a way for all three of them to start. And let's just be honest. Hunter Dickinson is not transferring to Kansas to come off the bench. Let's also be honest about this. Both Kevin McCuller and KJ Adams were starters last year for Kansas. Now, I would think it more likely that one of them would come off the bench than Hunter Dickinson. But I just don't see a scenario where any of those three players are coming off the bench for Kansas in the 23-24 season. So as we look at last year's starters, who started 33 of the 36 games for Bill Self's team, you had Dewan Harris, Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson, KJ Adams, and Kevin McCuller. And so as we've already said, Dick and Wilson are gone, and Adams and now McCuller, along with Dewan Harris, who I think is one of the best point guards in the entire country, those three are back. And when you get 60% of your starting lineup back, To a team like Kansas, that's a big deal, similar to like Duke getting four of their five starters back for next season. Not to mention, you get three of those five back, plus you get Hunter Dickinson, who we've already talked about the transfer from Michigan. You get Arterio Morris, a transfer coming in from Texas. You get Nick Timberlake and his superb outside shooting transferring in from Towson. Not to mention, a tremendous freshman class coming in, headlined by, in my opinion, El Marco Jackson. And so uh as we look at, okay, what does this starting lineup look like? Well, Dewan Harris, I, I think to me that is a no-brainer. Hunter Dickinson, I think to me that is the second biggest no brainer, even before Dewan Harry or excuse me, even before KJ Adams and Kevin McCullough. You might come back at me on that, and I, I hear that argument, and that's fine. But I would go with that the guy at the one and the guy at the five as your two most well, duh their starting things. But then I legitimately do think if I were sitting in Bill Self's shoes, I would have KJ Adams and Kevin McCullough in my starting lineup at the essentially three and four who plays what it doesn't really matter, especially in this day and age, but that that's kind of, they're going to be my three and four. So all of that then means that the, the open competition is for the starting shooting guard position. And I could see a world in which that's arterio Morris. I could see a world in which that is El Marco Jackson coming in as a freshman. And I could see a world in which that is Nick Timberlake in his shooting coming in from Towson. Now, Keep in mind, we had just said a few minutes ago, last year for Kansas, as Jalen Wilson went offensively, as Grady Dick often went offensively, so went the Jayhawks. But it's those two guys that are out the door. Now, Dwan Harris is a great facilitator and playmaker, so that is a nice thing to have. But that means that he's not really the guy that you're going to rely on for, you know, 16, 17, 18 points a game. Probably. Also KJ Adams and Kevin McCuller were not those guys either. Now, thankfully you've got Hunter Dickinson who can be more of a play through me type of guy who can be uh, a very high level scorer. But as I look at that lineup, those four guys, what I see a need of in a big way is shooting. And of those three arterial, Marcel, Marco Jackson, and Nick Timberlake, it's Timberlake. That is the proven commodity there. And so as I'm looking at a starting lineup for Kansas today, as we're looking at it uh, the day after Kevin McCullough announces he's coming back, that would be Nick Timberlake. And so if I'm Bill Self, that's probably where I would start, obviously, depending on how things go in preseason and practices and all that. But the fact that you've then got arterio Morris and El Marco Jackson and others is a big win. And so, um, If things don't go well with Timberlake, you've got a backup there. Uh, But I, I love that competition that you have available to say, all right, let's see who slots in the best alongside those other four. But again, I'd give Timberlake the early nod in that debate for the fifth starting position. Nice thing is... Regardless of who starts, you got a nice couple pieces coming off the bench. So we want to look at that, as well as where does Kansas now slot in in the preseason rankings? We'll look at that all in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by our friends, Bird Dogs. As we move into summer and short season, I just got a couple pairs of Bird Dogs myself for the very first time. Now, I don't know about you. Usually with shorts, I'm like, all right, cool. It's a pair of pants, whatever, right? But it's different with bird dogs. Like I look forward to it. I look, I, I, enjoy wearing them. And I know that sounds silly, but it's really true. I love the way they fit. I love how I feel when I'm wearing them. I love like the stretchy material that they have. I think that's a big part for me of the comfort. Comfort, excuse me. I love also that they're versatile and they can work in different environments, professional environments, chill environments, going out on a date environments, whatever it may be. I love these bird dogs so much. And on a very practical level, I'm just hot a lot of the time. And with that liner that bird dog shorts have, it keeps me really cool. And I'm very thankful for that. So if you want to feel comfortable like me, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Check out bird dogs, a proud sponsor of the locked on network. Hey, for you, every day is coming up on tomorrow's show Friday to wrap up the week. I'll be right back here with you. So will our good friend, Kyle Boone. Writer at CBS Sports. He was in the building last week for the NBA Combine, and so we're going to get his responses, things he saw, guys he thinks are higher, guys he thinks are lower, guys that hurt their stock, helped their stock, all of that stuff. Great conversation. You everydayers, make sure you're here. If you're not an everydayer, you need to become one. Come hang out with us at Locked On College Basketball. Would love for you to be part of that as well. All right, let's get back to this Kansas conversation. In terms of where would I rank the Jayhawks now? I was already flirting with them at number one. For me, it was kind of conversation between them and Duke, kind of Marquette, kind of UConn, kind of Purdue. All of these are in the mix pending who comes back to college and who stays in the draft. I think Duke is already in a pretty settled place with that. I think Kansas now is too. I would give the nod to Kansas above Duke. There's defi- It's not a no-brainer to me. But I like the certainty of some of the veterans that you have coming back for Kansas. And I know you've got that at Duke as well. It's just not quite as proven yet with Flip or Tyrese Proctor. Although, again, highly immensely talented and, I I mean, a clear top five team as well. So we're splitting hairs at this point. But... With McCullough coming back with everything with Kansas plus with the proven commodity of bill self, I've got to put the Jayhawks Hawks back at number one for like kind of unquestioned. It would have been so already. If McKinsey and Baco had chosen Kansas over Indiana, he did not as we know. Um, but again, now with McCullough coming back, it's like, yeah, it also makes you wonder had he already kind of decided that did McKinsey and Baco already know that when he made his decision or did McCuller make his decision after that? Uh, That's something interesting to just think about and keep your eyes on. But with McCuller coming back with what that means for this team in terms of starting capability and depth, I love it because you've got that starting five that I'm projecting right now. Again, DeJuan Harris, Nick Timberlake, KJ Adams, Kevin McCuller, and Hunter Dickinson, And then that means you've got Arterio Morris capable of running the second unit for the Jayhawks. And you, you bring in a five-star high school talent. I know it's his second year removed from high school now at this point, but man, I I think the only reason he didn't get too much time at Texas last year is just a backlog of guards in front of him. And so if I'm Bill Self, I feel pretty comfortable handing over the second unit to Arterio Morrison saying, have fun, you know, go get it. But then you also have the incoming freshman class again, who I believe is led by El Marco Jackson and love what they're going to bring and what Bill Self will get out of them as always. Keep in mind, Bill Self is a a coach who doesn't utilize his bench all that much. Um, And when I say all that much, I'm talking about like bottom 10 in all of division one in bench usage. And so don't don't expect too much out of players beyond that, that starting unit, maybe two more, maybe three more guys off the bench as well. And so we're going to see like MJ Rice came in high level five-star recruit last year, hardly any burn for him. And so, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of time for Arterio Morris. I think there's going to be a lot of time for El Marco Jackson. Beyond that, we're just going to have to see how things unfold. I mentioned off the cold open of the show, uh, Bill Self, you know, has had a good May with getting Hunter Dickinson, and this is uh, making May even better for him with getting back Kevin McCuller. To that point, let me read a quote to you from him. He says, quote, this is a big day for Kansas basketball. We've had a lot of good things happen through recruiting this offseason, but nothing Nothing that has transpired this offseason was bigger for KU basketball than having a seasoned veteran like Kevin McCuller return to our program. Again, hear me highlight that one more time. Nothing that has transpired this offseason was bigger for KU basketball than getting McCuller back. Now, whether that's a true and honest statement or whether that's Coach Self just giving a little push and encouragement to his returning guy, That speaks volumes to me, hearing Bill Self say those words and knowing what a big deal that is. Big 12 continues to go through Lawrence, Kansas, right? Like it's just going to be a fact. And here's an interesting part about getting McCuller back and and having so many of these really strong pieces now and thinking about how they're going to fit together. We talked so much about how last year Jalen Wilson was going to just have to take a major, massive step forward in order for Kansas to be elite level successful. And he did, and they were, right? They got they got cut down earlier in the NCAA tournament than any of us expected. But they had to have Jalen Wilson take that step forward and he did. I don't think that really has to happen this year, right? If you might put that on Kevin McCullough's shoulders. And yeah, I mean, I think there might need to be some more scoring from him than there was last year, but he was right around 10 points a game last year. For me, it's about him continuing to guard and defend at the elite level that he does, scoring enough, but letting like that piece fit, letting the Hunter Dickinson piece fit, letting the DeWan Harris piece fit, letting the Nick Timberlake piece fit, letting the KJ Adams piece fit, let everyone do what they do best. And to me, I see a recipe for this adding up to a a lot of wins yet again for Kansas in what's going to be a new look Big 12 next season. And so I I just don't think Kevin McCuller is going to have that same pressure on him as did Jalen Wilson in 22, 23. There are others that can step into that capacity. There's there's less pressure for him to have to take more on offensively, which I I wouldn't want to draw away from his defense. I, I want him to be that just defensive stalwart that he is. And I mean, is a legit contender once again, this year for national defensive player of the year. I don't want to ask him to do too much offensively. And yeah, I think Kansas is going to be in a great place and just fine. Thank you very much as they go into this upcoming season. Well, Great news for people that hope they can get Ron Holland on their team. The number one or two player in the class of 2023, the only five-star remaining that is uncommitted, was finally released from his national letter of intent, and we will need to talk about what's next. We're going to do that in just a second. Anytime you can get a player that is a top five caliber player in his class, your tail starts wagging. Texas had that in Ron Holland, and then he decommitted from the program. He asked for his national, uh, a release of his national letter of intent. And I mean, everything pointed towards that, that being a thing that was going to happen, but it's just drawn out. And only just now has it happened earlier this week. So Ron Holland officially has been released from his national letter of intent by Texas he had mentioned at the time he asked for this release that he was going to still consider Texas. I just, I don't see that happening if we're being honest. And so as you look at things, it feels to me and maybe to some of you that this is down to two options. Only one of which is a college option. Um, the, the news of the National Letter of Intent release was first reported by John Rothstein, but then Paul Biancardi re, uh, tweeted out about it and talked about how he will be going Holland, that is, on a visit this week to G League Ignite to their program. Uh, I would love to see Ron Holland in college, but I could see that G League route making a lot, a lot of sense. Now, if Holland does stay in college seems like Arkansas is the likely landing spot for that. That's been the buzz. That's been the news. And there's nothing to dissuade me, at least at this point from thinking that that would be the reality. So right now, as I look at it, Ron Holland, number one player at two, four, seven in the class of 23, number two player at ESPN in the class of 23, only uncommitted five-star in the class down to what I perceive to be either Arkansas or G League Ignite. This would be, I, I don't think I can express how huge it would be for Eric Musselman's team to land Ron Holland services. You're still waiting on Trevon Brazil to get back from injury and, and other things. Obviously, the backcourt is just absolutely overwhelmingly loaded. And so what Ron Holland could bring in in the frontcourt as a forward um Cannot be stressed enough. What a big deal that is. Even though he is a freshman, there's just a a lot there that is extremely, extremely desirable. Now, being that it's late May as we're having this conversation, being that it's late May as Ron Holland is just now getting released from his national letter of intent, there's a lot of things to me that suggest he's not going to stick around in college and that he will indeed go to the G League Ignite program. Part of it is a financial thing. Um, obviously with NIL, I know we're talking about his NLI, his National Letter of Intent, but with NIL, name, image, and likeness, there there is a lot of opportunity for Ron Holland to make a lot of money in college. But the same is true of the G League Ignite program. Meanwhile, he doesn't have to acclimate and do school and all that and, and learn in a team and a program and, and things of that nature. He could just go make money and be a prof- essentially a professional athlete already learning on the fl- on the fly, on the job from NBA people, how to be an NBA person. You know what I'm saying? That, that just seems to make a lot of sense to me. If he would get the same kind of money as say Scoot Henderson, who, you know, was about to be drafted either second or third in about a month or so, um, Henderson signed a two-year deal. And if I remember correctly, the terms of the deal were a million dollars split across the two years. So $500,000. So I would imagine Ron Holland would command, command, excuse me, right about that same amount of money, $500,000 over the course of this one year. Now, I don't know if he could get that or match that or whatever at Arkansas. Maybe there's a booster that wants to step up and make it happen or whatever it is. I don't know. But that's a lot of money to turn down when you're not already committed and going. Here's the thing, though. For me, for the sake of our program, for the sake of college basketball, I would love Ron Holland to take a stop in college basketball for a year. Now, the sport's going to be fine without him if he goes on to G League, but it would just mean so much, always means so much, when you're able to keep players around, even if it is just... Uh, a little lease, as you would think about it, before he would ultimately enter the 2024 NBA draft. Now, here's the thing: regardless of what the option is, whether it's Arkansas or G League, or you know maybe some third option that we're not even thinking of or talking about right now, maybe there is another college that swoops in, uh, whatever that may be. I don't think this is going to be a slow-moving process. Um, Ron Holland was, you know, like talking with Arkansas when he was in high school, before he committed to Texas. So he kind of knows the deal there. I think he would believe in coach muss and what he's doing. And so that, that, that is certainly a thing to look at. And I mean, what you see is what you get with G league, right? You know, you're working with NBA personnel, you know, the money's there, you know, basically what you're going to be doing. And you can talk to other guys who have done it before you. And so, I I mean, if I'm Ron Holland, I I think it's not going to take very long. To make this decision. And so I would expect in the next week or two that we will know Ron Holland's decision and whether or not he will be in college or G League Ignite, or again, maybe somewhere else. I I doubt it. I think it's going to be Arkansas or G League Ignite. We'll find out. We'll keep tabs on it. And obviously, Andy and I will keep you up to date on the show. Now, also, great news for South Carolina, who is getting back Mitchy Johnson for his senior year. Anytime you can get a lead guard back, somebody who scores a lot, who distributes, who rebounds positionally well, that, that's a big win. Especially for a program that's going to be losing Gigi Jackson to the NBA draft. For a program that's just going to be having the second year of a new coaching staff after Frank Martin left. And so uh, I I don't think I can state enough what a big deal this is for South Carolina. Now, Michi Johnson, right behind Gigi Jackson last year, second on the team in scoring with 12.7 points per game, led the team in assists, 3.6 per game. And as a 6'2 guard, was a pretty good positional rebounder, had 3.7 rebounds per game. Keep in mind with Johnson, he played a couple years first at Ohio State, last year at South Carolina, and then this year at South Carolina as well. Now, also, technically, Michi Johnson has two years of eligibility left because this, this upcoming senior class is the last one that has that COVID eligibility. So, Michi Johnson coming back for a senior year, but could play another one beyond that. So, great for the Gamecocks to get him back from the NBA draft. Great for college basketball to get him back from the NBA draft. will be... um It will be interesting to see what kind of effect he has on the SEC this upcoming season. Friends, thanks so much for making Locked On College Basketball your first listener watch every single day. You everydayers, once again, please make sure to join me and Kyle Boone on tomorrow's show to unpack the NBA Combine and everything he saw uh, behind the scenes there and impressions and all of that. If you would go, leave us a review on Apple Music or anywhere else you can find reviews. Five stars, please, and talk about why you love this show so much. If you haven't already, go and subscribe to the show. As the time, I'm going to check it in real time. But last time I checked, we were just 17 subscribers short of reaching 1,000 on YouTube. Yes, it is still at 983. And good news for all of you: uh, if you hate my hair. Once we get to a thousand, it's going away. I'm going to shave it off. I made the decision. I do it every two years. And I just felt like a good marker in the sand <laughs> was when we hit a thousand YouTube subscribers. So the more you subscribe, the quicker this goes away. Unless you love it and maybe you want to unsubscribe. Hopefully not, but you know, whatever. Also, smash the like button, comment on the show. We'd love to know uh, what you think about Kansas. We'd love to know where you would rank them, what you think about Kevin McCullough coming back. Also, uh, where do you think Ron Holland is going to land? Let us know that as well. Also, I want to say, as always, apologies to the lawyer family. Hey, go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace.